This segment of AfterBuzz TV is brought to you by Sliceline and The Box 2. Tonight, Silicon Valley is back for Season 5. We discuss Grow Fast or Die Slow, and we grow fast and die slow. Silicon Valley starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Season 5. We're feeling it. We're feeling it very hard here. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see a full-on rave is broken out here on the Silicon Valley After Show. I'm Christian Blatt, joined, as always, by Nate Miller. What's up, guys? I'm Nate Miller. <laughs> he sure is. And, of course, our, our fierce leader, Phil Svitek. How That's are you, That's right. Sir? We are the big three. We are the stallions. Yeah. <laughs> so majestic. Uh, not with us today... Jeff Graham, a.k.a. Jared, a.k.a. Donald. But uh, we may see a little sneak peek of him a little bit later in this episode. But uh, I believe he'll be with us ordinarily, just That's not That's right. He yeah. is He is out on assignment, but fear not. We've He will be present in the show. That's a little tease because uh, he did get to go to the red carpet, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the season five, maybe slump, maybe not. Maybe, and yeah. uh, we've got some good news for you, especially if you love pizza. If you love pizza and you love Russia, there are two great stories for you. Uh, and the thing I would say about Jeff Graham before we move on, so majestic. He is so majestic. Just like Jared. <laughs> Just, Not having an epilepsy whatsoever. Exactly. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot to really dive through. I just figured we'd start with just sort of overall reactions. Uh, Nate, I'll go with you first. Okay. Um, well, I was just excited that we actually got some type of growth. We talked about this at the end of last season of wanting to see them finally like get a building and start actually looking like a company and not just working out of the house five seasons in. So it was nice that like from the start, it was clear that there was going to be a change. So that was the first thing really that I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready for something new. And then we got to see a lot of the side characters develop a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I enjoyed it. My, my favorite thing was Lori. Um, yes. <laughs> But I mean that's that's a little bit later in the episode. Yeah, no, no. I think that uh, the sort of the way it was handled uh, was the most Lori-like thing about Lori. Uh, Phil, when we saw Richard and everyone looking at what ultimately was the offices that he was thinking of getting, uh, were you jealous of that workspace? Would you like to have all that just white, open, empty space? They did a wonderful job with the coloring of it all yeah. because I. My eyes were bugging out as I watched it. I'm like, I, I was, I was like Dinesh, please get out of here. I can't watch this scene anymore. <laughs> the black site comparisons were. <laughs> I thought that was great. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, everybody was firing on all cylinders. I think uh, you know. I mean, obviously they haven't been away as long as it felt like for us. But uh, I thought uh, Dinesh and Kilfoyle were in uh, rare form, especially oh, yeah. in that scene, and you know all of the uh, developers that they didn't want. Um, yeah, I uh, I thought it was I thought it was a fun episode. You know, obviously you got to sort of hit a little bit of a reset, and I really appreciated the season four recap that felt a little bit longer than usual. And mm-hmm. I was like, I remembered a lot of it, but then I was like, oh yeah, that happened. Oh yeah, and that too. And uh, uh, you know, I guess the last time that we'll see Ehrlich Bachman is in that little recap at the beginning of the episode, uh, because uh, according to a Yang Jin, uh, he's dead and fat. So uh, it'll be very hard to see him again. You, you think just just the kind of related question will get him in every little teaser of every episode, just that moment, just so they hit it on the nose of, like, that's where he is? 
I don't think so because I actually think you have to pay him if you put him in the recap. Yeah. So I think they get him that one. For using his they likeness, have to, they needed and it. And yeah. that's it. So I, I feel like we won't see him uh, again. But there's something to be said for that. It just depends if it just annoys them enough. It's like he said he's not going to be on the show again. But watch this. You're on every week. Um, Phil, sort of an overall uh, thought on the episode. I, I really appreciated it. Uh, I, th- I think what's great is that everyone has this new mentality of moving forward on the show. And yet four seasons of actions and consequences are are either helping or hurting them. And it's great to see how that's just playing out in this episode. Uh, to me, Silicon Valley is a very amazingly binge-worthy show, so I always get too anxious. And this is kind of like almost torturous for me to have to week by week chug along. The idea that it won't be until 10 weeks from yesterday that you actually finally see the end of it. Correct. It'll be interesting. I'd like to talk to someone who you know watches all five seasons in like you know a long weekend or something and and what their thoughts are they'll probably pick up on things that uh, you know i certainly don't thinking back to three four years ago uh well let's sort of go through a little bit because we are talking about moving forward and uh, gavin belson realizes how difficult it can be to move forward and uh you know obviously he's just he's all in on the on the box but before that, we have sort of the uh, the little uh, black tie gala there that uh, where we get to see him, and he lets Richard know that the sixty three developers he was considering hiring, he went and hired all of them. Uh, a very Gavin Belson like move. Uh, not surprising be- that he didn't think through the consequences of actually having to pay all of them and <laughs> figure out what do. they need to do. <laughs> yeah, uh, what did you uh, think about that move, uh, Nate? <laughs> it, it's just like you said. It was. It was classic Gavin. It's funny that he he did this whole thing about toting, about making change and having this experience and stuff. And basically in that speech he realizes that his 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 brand new realization was that he's already perfect as he was, so he didn't really have to change. <laughs> so he just goes straight back to old Gavin and that's the first vindictive move is as soon as he finds any type of information about what Richard's doing, he's gonna try to hemorrhage him. Um, but seeing that backfire with all those brilliant engineers in that room Asking him those questions, following that thought line, reaching the conclusion that, oh, wait a minute, if we worked at the other place, we would put all the stuff you're doing here, we would make it completely obsolete. And I love the tantrum that he throws, and then later with his advisors going, as much as that made me mad, they're actually right, and this is really bad. Yeah. Uh, What did you think, Phil, of the portrait of Gavin Belson with all the old people who were also uh, being honored? You know, it was such a funny visual because Gavin is quite old, and yet in that picture he looks like a prepubescent <laughs> child. Yeah. So, and and you you just see the pain on him of of innovation and so forth. Uh, and it is very much that culture of Silicon Valley or or so forth. That I mean, remember when they hired the coder um, from the BOA? Yeah. That that brought him down. Like he he wasn't even a uh, he was a minor. And so in this day and age, like when, when Gavin Belson's just getting up in age, it's tough and he's got to deliver. What's worse, right, when you talk about that meeting, Nate, is that they just threw it on Gavin even worse of like, maybe it would have been better off if you didn't innovate those products. Right. Yeah, which I thought was great because the, the, yeah, the woman who says like, actually, we lost money on all of them. And then, of course, uh, she gets uh, ushered out. Uh, I thought it was. <laughs> Can I talk fun. to you? Yeah. I thought, I thought that, that was kind of a great moment. It's good and to see Hoover back. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I was very glad to see Hoover back. And uh, the interesting thing, oh, to your point about 
Gavin starting to look young, if he wants to look even younger, he should think about hiring a new blood boy. I think that he's probably due for another one. But the uh, other point that I wanted to make sort of moving forward is that uh, the realization that people are excited about Box 2, that uh, pre-orders are through the roof, yeah. so he really doesn't want to do the same old thing. But then he's like... Oh, well, he sees, he sees right. the money. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Phil, as a uh, as someone who runs a business... The desire to innovate uh, can sometimes be overwhelmed by the fact that people sometimes just want the same old thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it's part of yeah, Huli. It's no secret that they're kind of playing towards Google and so forth and the whole um, XYZ. I mean, there are stuff of like things that they're developing that we won't see until like 50, 70 years from now. But at the end of the day, you got to make money now. And it's that weird dichotomy of how do you allocate resources and to what? Because you got to survive in the in the you know quarter to quarter type right. of in the present you got to pay your employees. <laughs> well, especially now you have sixty three of them. Yeah, when you're supposed to have fifteen. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, the the fact that uh, both Gavin and Richard end up with the same problem of uh, hiring way too many people. Obviously, Gavin has an infrastructure where he can he can deal with it. And I love. It. He's just like go walk around the campus for four years, and I'm like, I, I hope we kind of see that at some point. Give him the big head we, treatment. We just see them walking around in a group. You know, like all 63 of them just, you know, having a little march around the campus, I think would be funny. Just in the background, you know, something that I, they... I do like miss HR track. where they're, to your point, Nate, uh, the, the, the big head treatment of like, so, okay, so you're on a sign. Okay, that's very clear. Well, so what do I do? That is unclear. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine all of those people having those meetings on one now and that guy just being like completely overwhelmed with like yeah. people to leave unassigned. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting the the conversation that they all have, you know, where they all take questions, where Gavin takes questions from everyone, which is basically like we don't want to work on this, we want to work on the new internet, and he's like, well, you can't you can't do that, and just the idea that you know he gave it to them, and he's like, the one guy who's like, I'm a Buddhist, and I wouldn't have given <laughs> I it to him, never. Yeah, I thought uh, it it it's just a reminder that uh, you know. That and the pre-orders for Box 2 should just remind Gavin he should really just kind of stay in his lane. Like, don't try and do anything too crazy. Just give people what they want. You'll be very successful. You know, you'll get to have uh, black tie dinners. Uh, and, you know, you move, you move on from there. Uh, another big storyline, of course, we have the main Pied Piper guys, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, Yang Jing. Did I say it right? I believe so. Jing Yang. Yang in the Jin. Chinese tradition, yes. We say it backwards. It's Yang Jin, which I think right there in and of itself is funny because, of course, Bachman never would have thought about that. He might have even said, you know, call me Yang Jin, and he would just be like, okay, Jin Yang. You know, it never would have uh, occurred to him. This idea that he is just that determined to take over the house and he was renting out everybody's rooms. Uh, he's like, you're at work all day. You don't need it. I, and... <laughs> I loved the the line about I'm going to drag your cousin out of here, and he's like, "No, this is my cousin right here." <laughs> um, what do you think, Nate, about uh, Jin Yang being such a, an uh, enterprising entrepreneur and taking advantage of the house while the guys are at work? I I actually liked it a lot. I think it's a natural progression from where we saw him last season. We really saw him start to kind of boss up and and kind of grow some balls to do what he wants and not just follow whatever Ehrlich says. And then also now with Ehrlich being gone. 
and and outside of having the confidence, now he also has the freedom of, especially with all the guys working on Pied Piper all the time. Just like you said, they work all day; they're never home. So he's just at the house by himself doing whatever he wants. So I, I love that he's capitalizing on it and trying to make a profit from it. Um, but also the idea that once he figures out that Bachman's not coming back, and he's like, "Well, how can I? How can I really yeah. use this to the best of my profit?" And him going to the lawyer with the letter. That's what I was going to actually ask Phil. It's just uh, fantastic. I, you know, we, we hear that letter, and I'm like, well, well it, it seems like Science Seal delivered. It seems like this is what Bachman wanted. I don't think there's really any issue. What was wrong with that letter, Phil? Well, first off, it was signed <laughs> Bachman Ehrlich, <laughs> which was great. Um, and second, you know, I, I just love Ron LaFond being like, well, you see, I don't represent Ehrlich. Right. I represent Pied Piper. Yeah, and, and th- that's where it really gets dicey. Is now you're getting into that territory. And he mentions the ten percent, and that's what I loved about uh, Yang Jin. Excuse me, I almost called him Jin Yang. Was just like, wait, that's true. He really owns ten percent. <laughs> He's just like, of course, you figured that he had never amassed to anything, and so that that I think you know was went against everything that he thought about uh, Bachman. And uh, you know, I think when we get to predictions, we'll talk about how long this can continue. But just him talking about how hard it is to find a dead white fat body uh, in China, I thought was hysterical. Um, and by the way, from what I hear, it is not easy to find that. But not that I've not that I've ever looked. And even if you can, the shipping is it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially especially a Bachman size right. corpse. Uh, so I think uh, we all look forward to seeing how that uh, plays out. Let's talk about our Pied Piper friends. They uh, are looking at the new workspace at the beginning of the episode, and uh, the issue is finding people to put into the workspace. And, you know, once we get past the credits, we see that they don't move into the big, you know, open white workspace. They move into a much more expensive place, and they just have the stallions. And I liked how every time the stallions were mentioned, yes, they did that, and they took the time to just admire so majestic. You know, it's like, you know, such an important part of comedy, obviously, is pacing, and just, you know, every second is precious. But you you take the time for that, because it was so worth it, just every time that we saw them. Uh, Phil, do we have uh, Mustangs here? At AfterBuzz, who uh, work that hard to keep everything running. I feel like we must. Oh, absolutely. Possibly uh, Tony in the booth, right? He's a Mustang. He's majestic. Yeah, he goes, he wipes his nose every but that's couple a, seconds. But that's different what he's doing, yeah. Um, so I think that if it were up to uh, Guilfoyle and Dinesh, I, you know, they probably wouldn't have hired anybody else, you know. But uh, I, I think they also don't want to work that hard. So what do you think, Nate? It really is just they just don't like anyone, right? No, I think they... It's funny. It's so much like their characters that as soon as all the options are off the table and they realize, just like they said, they all became unavailable and then they wanted them. I I don't think they didn't want the employees. I think they were just being lazy and they just they they didn't want to have to be the ones to make the choices and like make executive decisions. They wanted him to push them to do it. That's true. You don't want to be the person responsible for bringing on board somebody. Right. Because then you, you can't complain and be like, oh, my God, Richard, you brought on these guys. They're trash. But you brought them on, so then you just then it's your problem. You have to take some responsibility, and that is the last thing they want. Right, and Phil, as Richard mentioned, if those guys had just taken a little bit of time and a little initiative and weighed in, you know, actually weighed in on a couple of people, they wouldn't have had the problem where Gavin stole everyone. Uh, and uh, talk about sort of the realization that uh, what they can do is 
acquire Optimoji and bring on 30 mm-hmm. coders when they only need 12? Well, you know, uh, th- that ironically was a thing that they debated about in the past. Remember when they needed coders? Initially, they only needed three, but Guilfoyle and Dinesh were, uh, you know, saying, like, we need five, we need six. So that that's kind of a slight callback to that. Um, and I'll, I'll answer your question direct, more directly. But it is funny how Dinesh and Gunfoil are always easy to pinpoint Richard's flaws <laughs> in decision-making. And yet will never make a decision of their own. Um, and yeah, this whole sort of the black tie event, how that tied into Optimoji and everything else, uh, it, it just played out so funny because... While that guy is trying to genuinely be so helpful and better the world, as we all try to do in Silicon Valley, of course, by by better optimization of pizza, he just couldn't help but keep his mouth going during that meeting. When 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 Richard was just so desperately trying to, as he said, have all the cards in his hand. Yeah, well, let's talk about my favorite uh, part of the episode, and that is indeed Slice Line, and just how it kept coming up, and the fact that uh, Slice Line actually acquired all of the Optimoji coders. Uh, give us your thoughts, Nate, about the scene when Richard marches in to Slice Line. To me, it's pure Richard. It's like right up there with him kicking the door. In it was. I mean, it was. It's a classic Richard tantrum, but it's also still kind of a big step for him to do it in like that large of a room with all those people there. Yeah, it would be one thing if like he caught him in a hallway or ran in his office. Um, but I was still kind of surprised, especially in the end, when he was like, you know, F you, yeah. and not anyone specifically, but everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not you, but all of you. a perfect word vomit from him. Um, and I, yeah, it's just, he always gets has these ways of, of getting at these, like you said, the guy is, he just wants to do right by his company, and he's doing it wrong, but he's a nice guy. But we don't. All we see is Richard coming in like a madman. No, but he, that's the interesting thing is when he gets backed into a corner, he feels like he needs to sort of be somebody that he isn't and just have this fire and fury and he's stealing all the pizzas and he can't open the door. You know, that's the most Richard part of it is the fact that he, not that he takes the pizzas, that's not very Richard, but the fact that he can't get out the door with the pizzas. Um, What did you think about all that, Phil, about that scene at Slice Line? What's brilliant is that it works on that level, and then obviously when he brings back the pizza, it's more about the discovery of what it leads to. Uh, and I just appreciate like he he can't see his own reflection in front of him, whether it is Gavin or whether it is these people, and they're like, "Hey, like I'm just trying to do right by my people," um, because we we've seen Richard stand up for whether Dinesh Gilfoyle or even um, Ehrlich in the past, and so. In that sense, like you could see, okay, they're they're thirty guys. I want to keep them employed, so you know, if if they're going to hire us, then they're going to hire us, and that's it. No hard feelings. Yeah, I I think that the fact is that when Richard then has the beer because he's figured out how to sort of milk the, or game the system for a slice line, uh, is again sort of the uncharacteristically confrontational Richard, where he's like. He tries to be a dick, and, I mean, it works because he realizes <laughs> – I like that the Slice Line guy, and I, I forget his name, Darren or Derek or something, admits that, oh, no, we lose like $5 a pizza. like $4 a pizza. No, it's, it's five. five. Yeah, and, and then, of course, the, the Optimoji CEO is like, wait, what? what? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I thought that that whole thing was great, and 
what I didn't quite expect to happen was the decision that, well, now I'm going to acquire Optimoji and SliceLine, which this could be another thing like Jin Yang's, or sorry, Yang Jin's hot dog app, where that's actually the thing that really takes off. And, you know, SliceLine is the thing that makes more money than Piper ever uh, really does. Um, Phil, do you think that, uh, well, it looks like it already at the end of the episode. Do you think that Richard's going to regret bringing that many people on board so fast? I think it's time to let let Jared sort of lead the ship. You know, I think I think Jared, I think uh, Richard is great at the ideas and so forth, and uh, you know, just just let him do that. And they need a hype man, though. I don't know if Jared can be the hype man, but I know he's he's very organizational. He would want to be the hype man, like in his heart. He would want, yeah, exactly. That's what I he. Mean, that's the he would hold up a sign that says "woo." I don't even know. They that had a hype man. Well, they did, but rest in peace. Yeah, rest in <laughs> rest in big fat bloated peace. Uh, so I guess that it makes sense that they end up taking everything on. But I feel like Richard's really putting Monica in a bad spot, as we see towards the end of the episode that Monica then has to defend this idea that she doesn't think is a good idea to Lori. And right. we referenced Lori a little bit. Uh, Nate, give us your thoughts about the Monica-Lori-Richard dynamic in this episode. Well, I, I mean, just like you said, it was very interesting that clearly she wasn't really fully on board, but she supports Richard, so she backs him in the meeting. And, that, and Lori, uncharacteristically, doesn't give it a second thought, just goes, okay, if Monica's in, then I'm in. Yeah. Which really goes to show how far that relationship has come. Well, she is her best friend. Right. Yeah. Also, the fact that Monica says that she got pregnant just to show her that she could work every day, with not, not missing a single no, day of work while day. being pregnant. Yeah. 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 And then came in four hours after the pregnancy, does the meeting completely like nothing happened. And then Richard asks her about the kid or he says congratulations she's like on on, on what? what yeah yes and you know i've the been kid? she goes I, yeah oh. i've been in a room where a child's been born twice and um i can't imagine anyone in that room you know other than the doctors i can't imagine me going to work afterwards right. and i don't do anything yeah. i just i just, just you know, have my hands for support yeah yeah so uh you know it's a kind of a great reminder how the how wonderful the character of Lori is. Uh, Phil, do you think that we could all use a little bit more Lori Bream in us? I think we could. I think we could. Speaking of which, uh, since the episode's called Growing and so forth. You I like know, this. Yeah. This isn't on the level. Listen, you want to grow, but maybe not like Lori. Uh, instead, there's someone else that we have for you. Our own founder, Maria Menounos. She has a podcast called Conversations with Maria. And if you want to have fun, learn, and grow in all areas of your life, then this is the podcast for you because she not only hosts it, she gets to interview big celebrities and influencers, and she shares secrets and tips on how to do better in all aspects of life from health and wellness to career, relationships, finances, and more. Childbirthing could be one of them. Let Maria be the big sister you've always wanted, but maybe you didn't even know, right? That's the best part about it. All you have to go to is go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menounos for free. And then be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let us know it was us who sent you there. That way we get all the praise from Maria. Yes, tell her Slice Line sent you. Make sure that she knows. <laughs> and yes, I can attest that show does have great guests. I've been on it twice. Anyway, uh, so I appreciate you mentioning that. Uh, so uh, I think that 
Lori, well, we'll talk about it a little bit in, in, uh, in predictions, predictions, but my feeling, just gut reaction, is she will probably not give Monica slack for very long. And you just, you know Richard, he's going to come in with more dumb stuff. But uh, that's why we like the show. Um, so what do you think, Phil? I'm going to do this. This will do a little behind the scenes on the air. Should we do news then predictions or should we get predictions and then get to the news? Uh, let's do news. All right. So the first thing that I want to talk about, and uh, there was a lot of coverage. I'm sorry. I've, I, I didn't realize we had that. I would never <laughs> talk over a drop if uh, I'd known it was there. Thank you, Anthony. At Tony B. Tony. Uh, thank you for that. So the uh, big story takeaway from this uh, at least as of this morning, is a little something, a little little Easter egg in the intro. And we talk, we've talked on the show how the intro changes over time from season to season. But what we saw in this particular episode is, uh, and maybe it's not in the picture that I sent to Anthony, and he would then have to look. <laughs> I have a bad track record of sending him pictures that don't have the thing that it's supposed to, but it looked like it was in the article. Uh, and there's uh, Facebook is written out in Russian. So it's a little nod to the uh, Facebook, uh, you know, sort of involvement. Oh, there it is. It's just, uh, wow, it was so small. Thanks for the super zoom in there, Anthony. Uh, the uh, Russian interference in our election, who knows what that is. It sounds like fake news to me, which we'll talk about Tuesday on the Trump Report. But, yeah, that's right. I plugged it. Uh, what do you think, Phil? Do you, li- do you like little touches like this? I, I think it- it's very creative. And, I-, I, you know, kudos to whoever the eagle-eyed person is who found it first. The, number one, that's what I was going to say. Number two, I'm very curious who kind of mastermind this and, and just put it in there and if we'll see it episode to episode. I, I would love to know. Who was the first one to report this? Yeah, and was it was it just some like graphic designer as they were making this? Like, hey, I'm gonna put my stamp on this, and then put out the press himself of like, hey, here's something to look out for. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it was probably one or the other. You know, I think it's it's uh, one of those things that you know. I, I also, I think the show probably put it out there. Let's be perfectly honest. They probably mm-hmm. like, hey, did you see that? Check us out. Uh, but the other big news, and uh, this was something I only saw recently, Slice Line wasn't just trending earlier today. It was trending on Twitter because if you hashtag Slice Line with the pizza emoji you might be able to get pizza. Now, uh, Phil, you tried it, and I tried it. We both tried it on Twitter. I don't know if Nate has tried it. We have not gotten our free pizza yet. No. So here's the thing. Nate's going to try it. He's going to get free pizza right away. I did. I did well, I tried it wrong. I, I couldn't get the... Do you have to get the picture to come up? Yeah. Do you have an iPhone or an Android? Yeah, I have an iPhone. Oh, see, now, that I, now I don't understand. Because you can get just hashtag slice line with the pizza emoji. It comes up right away. All right. Uh, but on an Android, it's a little extra pizza. work. Yeah, and he's not going to share it because he doesn't have to. I'll share it. Um, I, <laughs> depends on the size of the pizza. If it's a personal pan pizza, no one will expect you to share it. I, I'd be curious if, you, if you're at home and, yeah. and you've able to kind of get hack into this, let's say. I know it's not actually hacking, but if you've gotten a pizza, I want to know your experience. Please. Yeah. Sure. Let us know. Uh, mention, you know, you can you can tweet us. We'll give you our Twitter names at the end of the show. And you can also leave comments on YouTube. Let us know if you successfully got pizza. Um, we'll be very jealous, but uh, we'll we'll sort of be happy for you. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I love stuff like this. I like when the show is part of the conversation. And, 
you know, usually it's like within the tech world stuff that they talk about. You know, they'll mention somebody or whatever. But uh, the fact that Slice Line was kind of my favorite takeaway from the episode, and I see it's on Twitter. Uh, you know, we don't want to run out of time without talking about some very important news that was made by our very own absent Jeff Graham, aka Jared, aka Donald. Uh, so, but- Phil, you're more in the loop on this, so I'd like you to share with us what happened. And I believe we'll show a little video. To That's audience. right. So Jeff, a.k.a. Jared, uh, went to Paley Fest, and he covered the Silicon Valley carpet. And so we got to interview a couple of the people. And uh, I want to bring up Gilfoyle and Jared. First off, uh, you can watch all of these episodes. You can all watch all – you just go to AfterBuzz TV, uh, the YouTube channel for events, and it's all – the red carpets are all there. Um, all right, roll it back just a little bit, Anthony. You, 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 you're uh, you're burying the lead. Here. Don't don't steal uh, Jared's thunder. I mean, sorry, don't steal Jeff's thunder. Um, <laughs> so, so first off, as far as Gilfoyle, Jeff was scared to death because Gilfoyle really looks and acts like Gilfoyle. Martin Starr, the actor, actually acts like Gilfoyle. Yes, uh, from what Jeff tells me. Now, we may get him in studio to really deny or or you know prove that but we'll see so you can check that out i i thought it was just funny and then I'm jeff with martin star who plays bertram gilfoyle on the show um yeah, one of my favorites <laughs> I do have to, I've done, oh i'm a huge fan of the show okay yeah, absolutely <laughs> i do want to ask you gilfoyle is such like a dark nihilistic character uh-huh. do you feel like uh-huh. you carry any of that with you when you leave set or are you able to kind of leave it yeah i i, I luckily don't carry too much of that with me um but there is i i, I tend to like to uh, i was an only child and i tend to like my space a little bit so it tends to make it a bit easier in in uh, public scenarios where people might be big fans of the show um i it tends to keep distance yeah there's no expectation of this overly friendly, you know. Yeah, I mean, this I, is a I very meta interview. Yeah. You know, without um, uh, without any pause, I really do appreciate the uh, uh, you know the appreciation that people have for the show and for the character and for the for the other work that I've done. So I'm, um, you know, it's it's uh, it's just okay. You can pause it there. You can watch the rest of the interviews, um, but I do want to I, I want to bring up the Jared one because yes. Jeff has been colloquially called and referenced Jared, the office Jared of AfterBuzz. And so you would think that this would be something that perhaps they could share off screen. But no, here is the interview between Jeff Graham and Jared slash Donald. Play it. My office calls me Jared, just so you know. Oh, yeah. so I was going to say, I don't know that's good or bad, but... <laughs> Great reporting. Um, so I gotta say, Donald slash Jared's development on this show is just the greatest and the weirdest thing that I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Do you have a favorite detail that's been revealed to us about, like, about Donald slash Jared on the show? Well, I think this is spoiling anything because I think it was in one of the promos, but there's a line in this episode that seems to vaguely insinuate that he may have briefly worked as a male prostitute. (laughs) Well, you know, he, I can't say it on air, but he Fs, you know? And sometimes professionally, perhaps. Um, So just the idea that at some point he was a sex worker really makes me laugh. I really like that. It feels weirdly right, though, you know? Yeah, it feels appropriate. And also that he would be like, that he would not, feel stigmatized about that that yeah. he'd be like yeah that was something i did and, you know he feels you can pause it there 
So there you go. Uh, that's that's our own Jeff Graham doing God's work. Look, it's going to look great on his reel. Let's be honest. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. He's like, they call me Jared. Oh, I'm so sorry. See, that's perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what I like about that. So good for you, Jeff. Uh, yeah, and, you know, I think that uh, that reminds me that there – I think a feature that maybe we should consider doing on the show, and I know we didn't talk about it beforehand, is maybe taking votes on a Jared quote of the week. There were a couple this week that were pretty amazing. Uh, just one that I want to mention is we never had pizza because my stepmom said Italians aren't real white people. <laughs> and then there was another one that I don't remember exactly, and that's why I don't have it. But it was basically like I've had to you know, choose half my family before or whatever it was. So <laughs> yes. I love how we get little details the about him. Yeah. Ju- Yo, just to stop him. Right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I don't know. I, uh, I'm glad that uh, Jeff got to talk to, to him. And he says – that uh, Guilfoyle would like to be on the show. So uh, if he is on the show, do you think that Jeff will be just terrified the whole time? Uh, you don't have to answer that. We can just think about it. Okay. We'll, we'll tell him what we think. Uh, we only have a few minutes, so I want to make sure that we get to predictions. Uh, there's some plenty of sort of big picture stuff that I think we can talk about next week. Some articles that are already wondering about you know, the show in season five. And uh, I think we'll have two episodes under our belt, so maybe we'll talk about that next week. But I wanted to uh, take a moment and let everybody give their predictions. So uh, without further ado, let's do some predictions. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. There's got to be an app for this. <laughs> There's got to be an app for this. Uh, I'm going I'm to start because uh, the first question I had at the end of the episode... Where's Big Head? And I started thinking, where is Big Head? I feel like Big Head, I keep hoping for this, and I hope for this all last season, is hugely successful. I mean, he has a job where he gets paid a lot of money to not do anything. I hope that's what he's doing. I don't quite know where he is, but uh, I hope we see him soon. And uh, I think we expect more of the same from uh, the guys at Pied Piper and, you know, uh, Richard's very poor people management skills, as evidenced by everyone seeing him vomit under his desk. Uh, Nate, what do you uh, predict for next week and the weeks ahead? Um, I think in the long run we're going to see more of the 63 and what they're doing at Hooli, and I think that's going to play an integral part in the overall resolution of the season's plot. Um, but as far as in the immediate, I think within the next few episodes, depending on how badly Richard messes things up, I think Laurie's going to be like, whoa, 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 Monica, you said everything's cool, what's going on? And we're going to kind of get, I don't know if they're going to like butt heads or what's going to happen, but he, Richard's going to drag Monica down, and then Monica's going to be mad, and that, that's I see that coming. I definitely see that coming. Uh, Phil, your thoughts, uh, specifically, you have any predictions about Yang Jin? Well, uh, we see him go to court next week. Yes, so we've seen that. that. That'll be interesting to with see. A, with and a bucket. With a bucket that's supposed <laughs> to represent perhaps his head or something like that. We'll see. It's certainly the remains of not Ehrlich Bachman <laughs> or ba- Ehrlich. Bachman Ehrlich. Bachman Ehrlich, yes. Yeah, see, it takes a minute. But what I'm most excited about, uh, I, I just looking at the title so, and we're in prediction, so... Um, this isn't an exact spoiler because I'm just predicting it, but nonetheless, based off of the title in Episode 3, it's called Chief Operating Officer. I think they're going to bring someone in to really manage these people because they're going to be like, okay, you can be the CEO, Richard, but uh, you can't handle any of this. Right. I mean, Richard does 
at least a passable job when he's in a house managing his friends, basically. Well, his friends and Jared. Uh, sorry, Jared, you're not really a friend. But uh, I think the idea that he, whenever he has to actually be an executive of any kind, that usually leads to vomiting and various other problems. Uh, I agree. So I think, I think you're right. Somebody else is going to have to actually handle uh, the day-to-day. And I love from the commercial that we know that the doctor is going to be back. <laughs> For anybody that doesn't watch the, the previews, I won't say what the doctor says because that looks like it will be a, a great opportunity. That's a pretty good laugh. Yeah. But in general, I, I think once he figures out what they actually need to do, then Jared could figure out a way to implement it. That's what it's really about. You know? yeah. We just need a scrum chart. That's all. That's all. Uh, and by the way, before we go, uh, Nate let me know that HBO has tweeted out that, sorry, no more Slice Line orders and because boo. Slice Line is bankrupt. That's yeah. the problem. Uh, that was a nice workaround for them. But uh, there was so much excitement. During the course of this show, Slice Line went bankrupt. So, uh, well. Thanks to us. Yeah, we, we did it. We got everybody. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks to uh, everybody who watched and uh, listened. And uh, we will see you uh, next week at the same time. Uh, until then, I'm Christian Bly. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Nate, where do people find you? I'm Nate Miller. You can find me on all social media, Dog Like Nate. Phil? I'm at Phil Svitek, and I don't even pretend to know Jeff Graham's Twitter. I think it's Jeffrey C. Graham, actually. So. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. All right. Or, or if it's not. not, good for you, Jeffrey C. Graham. Yeah, whoever Jeffrey C. Graham is, he just got some followers. All right. Thanks, everybody, and we will see you next week. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.